0: Welcome to the City Church online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Father, we thank you for the word. The scriptures are true, that the entrance of your word brings light. Now let that light so shine today that men and women will be set free from bondages that had brooked their relationship with you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we are going through a series of sermons. we have entitled, The Power of Forgiveness. And today is part three of The Power of Forgiveness. And when we are talking about forgiveness, we are not talking about you forgiving. But rather, we are talking about you being forgiven. Therefore, we are not talking about the power of forgiving others. In this series of sermons. I want to highlight it to you that you must first of all enjoy the power of being forgiven before you can experience the power of forgiving. Okay? So there is power. In forgiving, but before you can enjoy the power of forgiving, you must first of all enjoy the power of this grace available to us through Jesus Christ, the remission of our sins, the forgiveness of our sins. So we began by saying in this series, we are, we are looking at that power of forgiveness the power of being forgiven when i am absolved of all my sins when god washes away and takes away that which was condemning me that which was against me the bible says that The cross, Jesus Christ, took on the handwriting that was against me. The handwriting that was against me. He triumphed over it. And so, in this season, we are looking at a number of statements of truth. And number one, we began by saying, first of all, forgiveness is only valid when there is a wrong that has been done, Correct? And so if you haven't done anything wrong, then we cannot say I'm forgiving you. You are forgiving me for what? What have I done? And therefore, the moment we talk about forgiveness, in that same sentence, you are admitting that you are an offender. And we looked at the scriptures which tell us very clearly that if you say you are without sin you deceive yourselves and in fact you also make God a liar but God cannot lie therefore It's true, you are wrong, and in even saying you are not wrong, there is, therein, within that is the offense. And so therefore, we are offenders before God, but glory be to his name, because God is a forgiving God. Hallelujah, he forgives us. Our sins. Then, in part two, which we looked at last week, we said that when it comes to forgiveness, it is in the power of the offended to forgive. Therefore, because we are offenders before God, it is God with the power to forgive us. And now, the great thing is this God's nature is not like my nature, right? For me, when you offend me, I take a certain joy in holding it against you. You get it? I'm broken in those ways. You too are broken. You know it. You know, on Thursday we we're talking about this and, and there's some people who wrote some interesting statements. It's like, I just enjoy giving you the the I and just letting you know that I got you. Uh, I'm holding you down. You understand, you understand eh? Like there's a certain power that you have because someone has offended you and you can decide whether to reestablish that relationship or not. But glory be to God because it is not within the character of God to hold it against you. And so we saw that forgiveness is a mechanism by which God reestablishes his relationship with us and our relationship with him hallelujah now today i want us to look at the third statement of truth concerning forgiveness and by the way I, I i served this for this time because it may be it may sound it will it will sound a bit controversial but it is true it may sound like it is against what you knew before but Just because you have not had it this way doesn't make it wrong. It is true. So, here we go. Number one, here's the statement. Forgiveness comes before repentance. That is, therein is the power of forgiveness. That forgiveness comes before repentance. Therefore, forgiveness is given, not asked for. First, let that sink in. Forgiveness is given, not asked for. You know, you can ask me to forgive you as many times as you want until I give it to you. You don't have it. And by the way, it is understanding that forgiveness comes before repentance that gives you the freedom to repent. And the power to repent. In fact, one of the things that stands in the way of repentance is because people feel like they first need to repent before they are forgiven. And therefore, they feel like, now I'm not forgiven because I have not yet repented. And you realize that even their definition of repentance is nothing like what the bible defines repentance to be because for you it almost feels like when someone comes to you and says i'm really sorry about this you know when we're being taught about marriage they taught us a few magic words in marriage i say there are these three magic words number one i love you that's a magic word guys eh? that word is a magical word just say it eh? In a nice way, in a beautiful way, it is a magic word. And then the other word is thank you. Thank you. Thank you is a nice word, a beautiful, magical word. We are not in a marriage seminar, but I'm saying there are some nice words. There are magical words. And then the third one is a word called I'm sorry. And by the way, they are not just nice for married people, even parents, and child relationship. Children, if you want to be good before your parents and your parents really, you just have those words ready with you all the time. I'm sorry, thank you, and uh, I love you daddy. Those words, eh, they are magical words. But simply because you say sorry doesn't mean you've repented. But in the character And in the operations of God. My people, please listen to me. The way God operates is he forgives you before you repent. In Isaiah chapter 65, verses 24, there are these interesting words. He says, it shall come to pass that before you call, I will answer. And while you are still speaking, I will wow, wow. That before you call, I will answer. While you are still speaking, I will hear. You see, repentance is not simply admitting and confessing that you are wrong. Repentance is forsaking the wrong. Now, if God is to wait for you to first forsake all your wrongs, Before he will avail forgiveness to you, he will never have a relationship with you. He tried it. He tried it and he saw it didn't work. Yes, he tried it with the nation of Israel. When he gave them the first covenant, the covenant at Sinai, the covenant that signed the law with Moses, God gave them such a covenant where he says, you do this, then I do this. And if you don't do this, then I will do this. And it was that kind of covenant. You do, I do. You don't, I do, but the other do. And so he gave them the law and he said, you know, before you come to me, make sure you do this and you do this and you do this and you do this. When you do this, we shall be fine. And they tried. Pretty soon he had to get that whole nation and take it to captivity, to slavery. And say, get out of this land. You are impudent. You are impenitent. You are hard-hearted. You are strong-headed. You are just impenitent. You hear even the words. It's like, I loved you like a wife and you just did. Look at Jeremiah chapter 31, from verses 31, actually after he takes them to captivity, he looks at them and says, you know what? We are going to change the deal. We must change the deal. Someone said, I'm in a new deal. Oh, yes. He said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new, a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their father in the day that I took them by hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. You get it? And so there is a day, he says, when I got them out of the land of Egypt, just like he got you out of certain things. Uh Uh-huh. And he got them out of Egypt, and he said, now I have got you out of these things. Let's make a deal. And they made a deal. And by the way, on that day, all the people said, yes, Lord, you will be our Lord. Everything you say, sir, we will do according to how you have said. Just like you, how many times you have sweared and said, God, me never again. I won't do it again. I can't. Now that you even cry, Jesus, again, me, 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 I'm never, please. Hallelujah. And you know how I know that? Because I've done it before. You cry, and you say, God, me, uh, uh, look, my whole heart is yours. My whole life is yours. Everything in me, I surrender. Ah! They then bring gods and ducks, and they bring everything. But tomorrow, they do the wrong thing. So he says my covenant which they broke though I was a husband to them says the Lord. He says I tried this. We made a deal. I gave you your part to do and I also had my part to do but you failed at your part. You broke the covenant. He says verses 33 someone said but again but I love the but. He says but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. Now, the great thing, it is after those days. So those days are over. We are now in these days. Friends, we are in these. These are the days we are in. The days he was talking to. Remember, Jeremiah was a prophet. He was looking into our days. Hallelujah. And he said, in those days, which to us these are, the days. It says, I will put my law in their mind and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. People, No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. Now catch this. And then he says, Why will they know all of this? Why will the Lord be written on their hearts? Why will they have me on their mind? Why will they know, know me, know me? Because a lot of people don't know God. And so they approach God in their own fabrications of who God is. A lot of people, I've told you before, have the wrong picture of God. Because you think, on this day, man, for what you have done, if he just places his pinky finger on you, you are done. And that's the picture you have. Glory be to God. Until you come to this place where he says, the reason all these things will happen is because... I will forgive their iniquity. I will forgive their iniquity. And their sin I will. Oh my goodness. Ay, 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 yeah. And their sin I will remember no more. Come on. If God has forgotten, then who are you to remember? You know some people just want to be God and then they just prove to you that they are less God than God. Because if you remember and you are keeping record of your own wrongs, are you more God than God? No, you've just proved to us you are less God than God. So let us go with God. A man who will understand God, a man who will enjoy God, is a man who will walk into the place of forgiveness. And it is that place of forgiveness that will actually usher them into the reality of repentance. Hallelujah. So do you notice now that the difference between the old and the new covenant has just been spelled out for us? In the old covenant, you had to do in order to be forgiven. The man did not have it very soon. Men realized you don't have it in you. You don't have it. So you had to break the covenant. And the reason you had to break the covenant was because the reason God gave us the old covenant, the law. Two reasons why he gave us the law. Number one, it was to expose and show us and prove to us that we are offenders. Because without the law, there is no imputation of sin. So he had to show you that you are not as good as you really think. And number two, to prove to you that you are not able to fix your offense. Because even when you try to fix your offense, you still failed. And so he sent to us Jesus Christ, who shed his blood on the cross for our sake, the perfect sacrifice. So that he can look at Jesus and forgive our sins. Please realize, Jesus is not going back to the cross again. God simply decided in his own counsel to make a new covenant. And in this covenant, he says, I will forgive their sins. And so forgiveness, because the cross has already happened, Forgiveness is already provided for even before you asked what good news this is. It is already done. It is already done. It's already done. Oh, already. God has already availed forgiveness. And so the point therefore right now when it comes to forgiveness and this is where the power and freedom is that the point right now is not for you to ask for forgiveness. The point right now is for you to receive forgiveness. So God so loved the world that he gave. The question therefore is, will you receive? It is receiving that demonstrates our believing. You understand? It is believing that demonstrates that we believe that the sacrifice of Jesus was enough. Now you know that repentance is forsaking the sin. The power that will enable you to forsake. Take your sin is in receiving this mighty powerful incredible indescribable almost uh, reckless forgiveness of your sins by God. Friend to ask God to forgive you is good for your conscience. Hello? Uh, for you to say Lord please I'm um, I ask that you forgive me. It's good for you. But after you do that, now receive. Because the point is not to ask, the point is to receive. Bef- while you were still yet a sinner. God demonstrated his love for you and he sent Jesus Christ to die for your sins on the cross he died before you asked he died before you knew it before you could call upon him he answered you before you could say Lord I'm sorry he was providing a solution can you receive Will you receive today? Will you receive? Will you receive the forgiveness of your sins? This is where freedom is. Let go of your burdens. Throw off the shame. Throw off the, 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 the condemnation. Throw off the guilt. God has come. Jesus has arrived. Jesus has died. He's not going back to the cross. He's right now interceding for you at the right hand of the father he is saying I have already done it father it is finished now when he approaches your throne when she comes to your throne it is already done (laughs) and that's why the scriptures will invite you and say, come boldly, come boldly, come boldly to the throne of grace and to receive mercy in your time of need. Every time you got a need of mercy, come boldly, come boldly, come boldly. Every time you've got need of mercy, come boldly, come boldly. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-579-679.